Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. Estamos en vivo. That's right. It's time for the carne asada. And uh, before we start, let's take care of some business here. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, college football, basketball, boxing, hockey, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting. And your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. Cubele Sangrones, and here we are. We are live once again. Let's have a quick hi here. Uh, Roy Estrada is joining us on the live. Yes, it is safe, Roy, for you to enter the chat. I, uh, you, you guys aren't seeing La Princesa de Picolandia yet, but she will be joining us. I just don't know when she's going to surprise us. And Roy, you're safe. I explained to her what happened on the last live, so don't worry about it. Joining us on the live is Cody Snavely. You know him from his work on Dodgers Beat. He also does his work on the Diamond Club. He is our Canelo, ladies and gentlemen, and he today, this episode is going to be very heavy on free agent signings. Who are the Dodgers going to add? And Canelo over here is going to give us all the answers. So let's get right into it. And then Babyface is here also in, in vivo. So look, we're going to try to make this a little more interactive, guys. So I'm going to try to do a better job of reading your comments. If you guys have questions for Canelo, make sure you're putting them in the chat. Uh, now would be a good time to go ahead and tell the rest of the Sangrones, hey, where the hell are you? Come and join us on the on the live here. Um, Canelo, let, let's start with this. I hate this time of year, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Everything gets reported, even though there's absolutely no truth. It's all like there's no way that's going to happen. But everybody starts running with it and going, oh, this is going to happen. So what I want to do is I want to do this. I want to start off by just throwing out some names to you. And you tell me, Canelo, how realistic is this? Would it, would it be a good fit for the Dodgers? So let's let's start this. Simeon, como estas, my friend? Bienvenido. This is a guy that I've heard a lot on there. Tim Anderson. What What are you hearing on Tim Anderson, Canelo? You know, it's... I, I went back and forth with uh, a, a few people on Twitter um, kind of mentioning Tim Anderson's name. Um, he's at the point in his career now where he's obviously probably going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal um, to kind of revitalize his career. You know, ever since that down goes Tim Anderson, you know, that's that's where he hit his all-time low. Um, 
And I feel like some Dodger fans and, and a lot of baseball fans in general kind of still remember the player that he was. Um, you know, he did lead the league in batting average not that long ago. Um, and he has had a fall from grace. But I still think there is a good player there. I just think his time to come to the Dodgers is a little too late. Um, I really don't see the fit for LA anymore, especially since Brandon Gomes alluded to Mookie Betts playing a lot more games at second yet again for uh, the 2024 season. So um, Tim Anderson, uh, I, I like the player. I hope he has a comeback, but I just don't believe it's going to be in the Dodgers. Babyface, what are your, I mean, before I go to Babyface, Canelo, is he even a good fit? Even if they, let's say they get him super cheap. I mean, isn't, I, I know you have a theory on Gavin Lux, so I want to hear your theory on Gavin Lux, but is Tim Anderson, if they can get him rel relatively cheap, is he a good fit uh, for, for the Dodgers? Uh, real quick, uh, before you give me your answer, Canelo, a big, uh, to the Raider, the big Raider, Philip Lopez coming in, joining us for the cheese, man. Bienvenido, my friend Roy. I'm going to, I'm going to get to that question right after we have uh, uh, Canelo answer this one. Doom Sal, good evening. And okay, we're going to, all right, we got some good questions here. All right. Is Tim Anderson a good fit, Canelo? You know, there's been a lot of talk about what he is in the clubhouse, um, but we've actually already heard from a current Dodgers player that has uh, spoken up highly about him, and that was Mookie Betts. And um, they both actually did play together in the WBC this year. Um, and Tim Anderson, you know, made that move from short where they had Trey Turner, Bobby Wood Jr., and he decided to go move to second. So, because um, at the end of the day, he, you know, he wanted to play uh, to win when he wanted to win the WBC. So he made that sacrifice. So that shows a little bit of character there. Um, I think it would be a, a decent fit because um, I feel like he has been humbled a little bit. Um, it would make sense um, more as like, say, maybe the Dodgers give him maybe a minor league deal with an invitation to spring training. But I feel like there's going to be teams out there that give him a major league deal. Um, so at the end of the day, he would probably take that just because it's more security, more guaranteed money. Um, and th there's other teams that need an actual second baseman where the Dodgers right now, they do still have those infield prospects and they still have Mookie Betts. So I think they'll make it work a different way. Babyface, are you in on Tim Anderson? Yeah, I don't know if I really see a fit there. Um, I mean, I do... He did come out and say that, you know, he's open to playing second base, you know, this year. So he knows that short might not be his future. So there's that, right? The Dodgers love versatility, second second and short there. But I don't know, with the talks of Mookie going to be playing second, unless the Dodgers are going to pl plan to move some of those other guys like Vargas, um, then maybe maybe there's a fit. You know, like, like Cody said, you know, one-year prove-it deal. I think that's what he's going to probably get. But... Right now, I don't really see a fit unless the Dodgers make a lot of those moves, you know, for some of those guys that are that are there now. Okay, we got a question from uh, Roy Estrada. This is for you, Canelo. Uh, is Candelario a candidate for third base or India a candidate for second base? But the news just broke actually before, or maybe this is old news. You tell me, Canelo, that the Reds have basically had conversations with uh, – four teams or something about India. So the Reds have basically said they are open for business uh, on India. Candelario or India, are any of those good fits for the Dodgers? I like Candelario. 
Um, he's a versatile player, had a really good season with the, uh, the Cubs and the Nationals last year. Um, I really like Jonathan India, too. Um, I mentioned it on the Diamond Club uh, podcast as well. Um, he's a really good hitter, but he is awful at defense. Um, he's one of the worst defensive infielders in baseball. So I think the Dodgers are kind of trying to get back to um, kind of that Tampa Bay roots that Andrew Freeman has, which is where they put teams that have really good defense, which is something I think the team has really lacked in recent years. So um, I don't think the Dodgers will be in on India, but they actually, for what it's worth, they have been linked to uh, Condelario. So um, I think it would be a really good fit because he can play third. Um, he can play second, first, DH him a couple games. Um, and it would be, he, he has a really good bat. So, um, I could definitely see the Dodgers looking into that route. Um, but I feel like some other teams and maybe the Cubs, you know, they're probably going to be big spenders. There's no reason they wouldn't want to take him back. So, um, I don't think either of those two guys end up in LA, but I definitely think they should be interested in both. Uh, JR is coming in with a very interesting proposition trade for Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Canelo, what would it take to get Bobby Witt Jr.? It would take a lot. Um, I'm a big Bobby Wood Jr. fan. I've actually watched him since he was playing for Perfect Game USA all the way when he was like 15. Um, he is supposed to be the face of the Royals franchise that um, was supposed to be headlining um, their rebuild. And this is the guy that they're they're working with. Um, they, I believe he only has around three or four years left. Um, and there is no kind of talks of any type of extension similar to what Ronda Franco got. It's more than likely looking like, at least if I was him and the Royal situation doesn't change in the next three, maybe two years, I would probably, if I was a player, I'd be trying to get out of there too, because at the end of the day, these players want to win um, on top of getting paid, which he most certainly will be because I believe by the time he hits free agency, he's already getting up there. He's probably one of the top, best shortstops in baseball. Um, it'll take a lot. Um, just because I know the way a good website to look at that I usually use a lot is baseball trade values. Take that what it's worth. I think it's a really good tool. Um, it shows the player's value. They put a lot on that. Um, he's on an affordable contract because he's still under pre-arb and he has a ton of team control. So it would take probably, I would say almost three to four of the Dodgers top prospects just to pull a deal um, because he plays an elite premier de uh, defensive position at short and he is one of the best hitting and defensive uh shortstops in the league uh roy Estrada coming in here uh with his thoughts on tim anderson uh tim anderson will be another project and we should be done with projects roy i i, I in terms of I tim agree. anderson i i don't know that but i am i do agree with the second part of your statement i am also done with projects uh simeon uh Hey, Simeon showing some love for the Raiders, even though he's a Patriots fan. Thank you, Simeon. Um, Babyface, Doom Sal has a question. I want to get your thoughts on this, and that is if you can only take one, which pitcher do you take? Do you take Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, or Jordan Montgomery? Oh, I'm sure uh, Roger will like this. Um, the pitcher I do not like and I do not want and that has been linked to the Dodgers in the past two days is Blake Snell. Um, I have zero faith that he would um, put up the same numbers that he did last year um, going into um, 
2024. He walked almost an average of like four or five guys a game. There has to be some type of luck involved in that um, to come out and win the Cy Young Award. Um, I would say I wrote about it already, and I'm from the Philadelphia area. I'm really big on Aaron Nola, um, playoff Aaron Nola. I feel like the Dodgers need kind of those types of uh, pitchers, Um, but he's an Ironman. Since I wrote my article, since 2017, he hasn't missed a single start. He's made every single start. He has had two seasons, um, recent seasons with hiccups with having an ERA over four, but when he's locked in, He's a perennial top five Cy Young candidate. Um, Canelo, let me ask you real quick on, on, on Nola there. Could that be attributed to the stadium, to citizens? Like, if he came and pitched at Dodger Stadium, would his ERA significantly improve? I think so, because I think the biggest thing that's affected him recently, especially last year, was I believe he gave up his career high in home runs. Um, that stadium is pretty tiny, um, so... Dodger Stadium is a pitcher-friendly park. Um, plus, with the you know, just it's a whole different coast, so it's a whole different pitching environment. Um, I think he would thrive in LA. Um, I definitely think he he would instantly become the number one. Um, but if I'm looking at kind of out of that group, what makes the most sense? I would say Jordan Montgomery because I really think the Dodgers desperately need a lefty in their rotation um, because I've kind of been preaching it on Twitter and, and most of my articles. Almost everyone in the Dodgers farm system is right-handed in terms of pitching. Everybody in the current rotation right now is right-handed. And even if Kershaw does resign on a one or two year deal, I don't think he's pitching at all next year. Um, So they can't count on him coming back. And obviously we know Julio Urias' situation is still up in the air, but I firmly believe his relationship's officially done with the Dodgers. So we can't count on him coming back either. Um, I definitely think they need a lefty to kind of bridge or break apart that uh, rotation. So plus Montgomery, he had a really good season last year with the Cardinals. Honestly, since he got traded to the Cardinals from the Yankees, which, you know, the Yankees have kind of gotten shit on, on that end. Um, (laughs) And he goes to the Rangers and helps them was a huge part of uh, them winning the world series. So um, I like Nola, um, but I definitely think Montgomery is a better fit. Uh, I understand where your thoughts are on Blake Snell for me, for sure. Even though Sonny Gray had a great year, I don't trust Sonny Gray. 34 so years I, old. That's, I, that's I would stay is. away from Sonny Gray. Babyface, of those four, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, or Jordan Montgomery, who are you going with? I think how Cody said it, um, I think if I'm thinking like Friedman, I'm thinking probably Jordan Montgomery because I don't think he's going to demand the longest contract and probably be the most reasonable. Um, Snell, I would want Snell for his postseason Right, his numbers are good in the postseason, but Montgomery had a pretty good postseason as well. But yeah, I don't, I don't see Snell. I mean, he goes five innings every game, right? Five, six innings top. So, but he, he's going to get like a huge deal, seven years, probably like over two hundred million. So, um, I, yeah. I'd probably say Jordan. Montgomery. I'll also add in um, the biggest thing if you're going to say think like Freeman, and that's what we try to do here on this channel. It's what I try to do when I'm writing. The biggest thing is who got offered the qualifying offer. Jordan Montgomery did not get that offer. He was not eligible. Aaron Nola did. So I wrote in my Aaron Nola piece, that's probably why the Dodgers will be hesitant for certain guys um, because they do value their draft picks. Um, I know that they're a big market team and they can sign anyone they want, but the way to keep that foundation of youth going, they have to keep those draft picks so I can understand why they would walk on guys. 
but Montgomery will definitely be a huge commodity, especially to those smaller market teams because he is affordable. He'll take a shorter term deal and he doesn't have the Q offer attached to him. So that'll be something to look at. Uh, and joining us now on the live, everybody, surprise, La Princesa de Picolandia. Uh, I want to give, uh, since we're saying hi to everybody, uh, Michael Carrillo joined us. He was late to the party. Um, Princesa, we want to get an update. Uh, we understand that uh, you fell off of Mount Kilimanjaro, and um, that's why you were late today. Let's get an update on your health, Princesa. How are you? Are you okay? Hi, thank you for asking. I would like to start by apologizing for my tardiness and apologizing to Cody for interrupting while he was mid-sentence. <laughs> I was waiting, I was waiting, and then I think I was miscommunication, right, with baby face. Like, I just want to wait till he's done with his thoughts. So, hi, Cody. Hi, hi guys. How's it going? <laughs> hi in the chat room. Hello, Juan. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I've got my Arnica right here. Oh, that's how you know La Princesa really is Mexican. She has Arnica. Now, whether she travels with the Arnica, that's a different story. But she, that shit works. That shit works. It does. It does. No chemicals. All natural. Um, I mean, my tailbone hurts. It's icy up there at the top. And um, I was rushing. And that's a no-no when it's icy, especially when it just got icy and snowy. So my bad, lesson learned. Well, but I do know how to fall, which is something, you know, from snowboarding, I I, I think that's how I learned to fall. So um, I made it, I'm here, and I'm excited to get into it. And I can see that the chat room's very active and-, and Lots um, of good questions. Yeah, lots of good, let's, that one, let's wanna answer some questions. Yes, I'm that's gonna what, follow your lead, bro. You, that's you lead. what we're doing. I just want to make sure that you're safe and that uh, we that your pompey is uh, hopefully on the mend. I just want to put this out here in the chat for you guys to make sure. I, like I said, I'm I'm committed to making to reading your questions and your comments. If you want to make sure you will, it gets read and seen, there is the super chat there. So the super chat will put you to the top of the list. Uh, just putting that out there. Philip Lopez, Mr. Ra the Raiders. How about that? The Raiders are undefeated since straight out of Compton took over on the coaching staff. The Raiders are back, baby, and Philip Lopez is here. So Philip Lopez has a question for Canelo. How do you guys feel about the Dodgers trading for Corbin Burns and Adamas? And who do you think they'll trade for them before the trade deadline or sooner? This is, again, Canelo, why I told you I hate this part of the year, Okay. First of all, and, I, and, and Canelo's going to give you the numbers. I think Adamas, if you really look at, at, at his numbers, does he not make you a little nervous? I think maybe even Corbin Burns starts to make you a little nervous now. Am I wrong, Canelo? No. Um, I think Burns would be a really good fit. Um, but then you look into it and more like he's only got one year. And I think the Dodgers need to kind of break away from that one year kind of like type of deals, even with trades. Cause I really think they need some stability, not only in the rotation, but in the position player market. Um, Burns, guess who his agent is? Scott Boris. You know who the Dodgers don't like dealing with? And a lot of other teams, Scott Boris, you know, who's not going to sign an extension Corbin Burns. I think the Dodgers probably stay away from Burns and there's always going to be the smoke of them being involved because they just desperately need pitching. So if he's the only one left, they may have to bite the bullet and just 
pull a deal. I think if they deal for Burns, I don't think it's just Burns. I think the Adamus rumors, they've been going on for almost a year, year and a half now. I feel like he's probably going to be attached in one way or another. And I think the Dodgers are a good fit um, because I think for whatever reason, and we can get into it with Lux, I don't know what how they feel about him because it sounds like he's healthy, you know, he was working out at the field the other day. Um, he should be ready to take over the role of the starting shortstop. They were going to give it to him last year. Um, they wouldn't let him play winter ball this year to get some at bats. So I have no idea what they think about him. Um, I, I speculated on my article that they may be just willing either to trade him or they feel more comfortable with him as a second baseman, which is why you see um, Willie Adamas being brought up. But someone brought up in the chat and I threw it on my my podcast the other day and I said it made sense for the Yankees, but I really think it makes sense for the Dodgers too. I like the idea of lessening the trade packages. If you attach Christian Yelich to the deal, because it really does diminish the trade value because of how much money he's making, the amount of years he has left on his deal. I really think the Brewers would probably, if they're going full rebuild, would love to get rid of that contract, but would they attach it to Burns, who's going to give them a lot more prospect capital? Um, I don't think they want to get beat on any deals. So um, it'll definitely be something interesting to look out for. Which leads us into JR's question. Uh, And this is something that Canelo had was talking about before. The Dodgers have 39 players on their 40 man. Who do you guys think gets traded? That's one. The one with the least correct answers hosts the carne asada. So, I, I, look, Canelo, you've been talking about this for a while. People are going to get traded. There are 39 people on the 40-man. If the Dodgers, we all said they need pitching, right? we got to go get pitchers. Some of these guys have got to go. Uh, Princesa, who are you trading? Oh. Uh, whatever Cody says. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm in Andrew Freeman's pocket. So, well, yeah, but Canelo has Canelo has a good theory on this. Before yeah. the trades happen, what's going to happen tomorrow, right, Canelo? Yeah. So we were talking uh, before we went live. Um, I wrote an. Ar- I've been doing articles almost every day, kind of highlighting not the rumors because I don't really like doing all that, but going over important dates. Um, the non-tender deadline is tomorrow, so. Uh, guys that are arbitration eligible have to be offered a contract by tomorrow. If not, you get the Cody Bellinger situation like last year where they just don't offer him a contract at all. Um, there's a few players that I wrote that are candidates to fall under that category. Um, so they could possibly fill up at least almost three roster spots tomorrow. Um, I wrote that Ryan Yarbrough, um, Victor Gonzalez, and uh, Yancy Almonte are probably three guys that have a very high chance of getting non-tendered with Yarbrough being the the top and then Gonzalez being the last because at least Gonzalez still has um, one remaining uh, minor league option. So they could definitely keep him on the roster um, because you never know. The the bullpen, they go up and down. He would be a nice lefty arm to have to call up in mid-June, July, or maybe he has a really good spring and makes the roster. So um, those are definitely guys to keep an eye on. Um, and definitely I want to see what you guys think with, uh, with some trades. Cause I do think there will be some heartbreaking trades, um, due to some of the rumors I've seen around. You, you know, um, 
Next question here from from Doom Sal, and that is if the Dodgers are going to spend two hundred million on free agency, I think they should spend on Yamamoto. Yamamoto is a name that I keep hearing a lot. I've heard the oh, we can get Yamamoto and Otani. What is this appeal on Yamamoto? But he says, "Have you even heard, do you know anything about Yamamoto?" Because I'm going to be honest with you, this is the first time I'm hearing about Yamamoto. So while everybody's telling me the Dodgers need to sign Yamamoto, I don't know anything about this dude. Okay, well, I'm not going to claim to know more about Yamamoto, but I will say I believe he was brought up our last live, but thrown out kind of just in a discussion. You guys didn't get deep into Yamamoto. I think it was more Otani and then someone else throw out Yamamoto. But no, I do not know more about him. Um, I want to know. I mean, we've got Cody here, so. <laughs> Cody, why is Yamamoto more appealing? I've In some circles, I've even seen people say, take Yamamoto over Otani. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got the cheat sheets all here. So <laughs> yeah. I definitely see the appeal. Um, he is from Japan, so you never know how the – how he's going to integrate to, to America and the MLB. There's things that are drastically different uh, between the mound, the baseball, everything. Um, he kind of grades out if you came to America as a very smaller pitcher. Very, I think he's around the same height as Marcus Stroman, which um, typically if you're on the small end, you're usually not a starter um, and you're usually not dominant. But I see the appeal because in Japan last year, he went 16-6 and six with an ERA under – uh, one under two at 1.21. Um, he pitched 160 innings. I think three seasons in a row, he had an ERA under two and it was low twos. It was like 1.4, 1.6. And then last year it was 1.2. Um, he won their version of the MVP. He won, I think three straight Cy Young awards, uh, their version of the Cy Young award. Um, I definitely think because of his age and his track record in Japan, he's definitely going to profile at around seven, maybe even eight years, 200 million. And do I think the Dodgers go that route with for pitching? No, I don't think they do. Um, because I kind of was trying to see Andrew Freeman's track record of pitching contracts. And do you guys want to guess who his biggest free agent pitching contract was for? I feel like you guys should know. It was Kershaw. It was Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah, Trevor you're Bauer. right. And that worked out well. Wash away everything that happened because we couldn't have predicted that. I think when that deal was signed, I think if nothing happened and he ended up playing his three years in L.A., it probably would have been worth the deal. Um, but I don't see the Dodgers going long-term big money for their contracts for starting pitching because it, it, it's been, it hasn't been their M.O. this entire Friedman era. They let Greinke walk. They let Anderson walk. They let a bunch of other arms walk. When they set a hard, like, years and money, that's pretty much what they'll live by. So um, that's why I, I wrote that another Japanese pitcher makes more sense, and that's Imanaga, uh, the lefty, who was actually the winning pitcher against Team USA in the WBC for Japan. Um, I think he's a, a better fit because he is a little bit older, so – they could get him for a four-year deal, way under that two hundred million, probably, possibly under a hundred million, which screams Andrew Freeman, but it also screams affordable for almost every other team in the league. 
Wow. So what you're telling me is, is last year there were two Mexican Heritage Nights at Dodger Stadium. We might have two Japanese Heritage Nights at Dodger Stadium next year. That That's what you're telling me. Roy Estrada, you do not need to hide anymore. Uh, we explained to La Princesa de Picolandia what happened last week in your comment. <laughs> Princesa, you missed this. When Roy came on, he was the first one who came on. He was scared to come on. He thought you might have been a little bit angry. But I'll, I'll let you know. You're, I'll let you tell Roy we're, we're cool. We're okay. We are totally cool. Not angry. I don't get angry. Not really. Not anymore. Plus, I'm in Yosemite, and this is the place of calm and chill. So, uh, no, Roy, it's fine. We're good. It's all good. You can speak your mind here. This is a safe place. <laughs> there we go. Everything is safe. Uh, you know, back to Nando 390's comment about the Yelich thing. He, here's the thing. The Dodgers do need another outfielder. Can Yelich, it's an expensive, l- let me ask you this about Yelich. It's an expensive gamble, but two-parter. Can the Dodgers fix Yelich? And if they can't, would the Dodgers just cut him and eat that money? Um, here's the thing. I looked into it. I got his contract numbers. You know me, Juan. I got the numbers. I got everything broken down. <laughs> I, I, I spend days looking at this. I write about it. So Yelich, he actually did have a really good season last year. Similar to Bellinger, two former MVPs that had down years after they won their MVPs. And he had a really good season. He was arguably the best hitter on the Brewers last year. So speaking of his contract, he's got five years left. Um, he's owed around $130 million, $26 million per year, which would put him, I believe, right. I think he would actually, because of the way Betts' contract is backloaded and deferred, he would be the number one guy on the 40-man making the most money per year. I definitely think the Brewers would possibly have to eat some of that money if they trade him. And let if they want to get better prospect capital in return. Um, speaking of his season last year, you know, he had a 278 batting average, 76 RBIs. I mean, I look into that. The biggest thing that was the eye catching to me is he had almost 30 stolen bases. Um, I really think we've saw this entire year the Diamondbacks take advantage of the base paths. I think he would be a great fit to bat in the top of that order to get on base and then to steal a base, steal second, steal third get in from any type of way that the Dodgers hitters can get him in. Um, And his OPS plus was a 124, which means he was 24% better than the league average, which is, is extremely good. Is it $26 million good? I don't think so, but I think the Dodgers could find a way they would, I think the Dodgers would rather eat the money if they want to win the trade, because I don't think they still want to give up their prospect capital because that's, pretty much their biggest trade chip um and the trade market has kind of changed since the expanded playoffs where i think freeman and gomes kind of have to change up their game plan look at canelo going full nerd i mean he is like the human calculator here dropping all these numbers i'm taking notes i'm listening cody i'm listening <laughs> uh michael carrillo chiming in and uh, michael made there might be something to this one because i felt uh, trading for Tyler O'Neill, I thought his name came up last year when they were doing that whole Nolan Orinato. So, Canelo, trading for Tyler O'Neill or Scooball? 
I like Tyler O'Neill. Um, he's a defensive stud. Um, dude's like a unit. He is built like a bodybuilder. Um, he could probably help get some of these Dodger bats into some shape. Um, the thing that bugs me is just his injury history. You know, besides whatever the hell was happening in that Cardinals clubhouse um, between Marmol and everything behind the scenes, um, I assume, like, I would have to bet that Tyler O'Neill is getting out of there. I'm, I'm, I was like extremely shocked he wasn't traded at the trade deadline. Um, but he had, I believe, some back injuries. Do the Dodgers really need more outfielders? They make they may need like one, but I don't see them trading for more unless it's a big name, um, like possibly Yelich. But I barely even see that happening. Um, I like the I like the name, but I don't think it makes sense too much. Um, but it really just depends on what they want on their bench because they've been linked to a bunch of guys, a bunch of outfielders um, in the free agent market so far, um, and they're still they're not going to fill out the rest of the roster until they find out what is happening with Otani because that kind of changes their entire dynamic of the lineup. Well, Canelo just said the secret word, Otani. Ah! Uh, shout out to the yeah drink. Um, which leads us to Dark Saints question. The Cubs reporters leaking all the Otani stuff when Otani said no links. Uh, we were talking about this before, Princesa. If you were a free agent and you said, hey, don't leak any of this stuff. Would you purposely put out some bullshit to see who's leaking? And would you make your decision on that? If they're leaking, would you be, go, then I'm not going to go there, even though, let's say they're offering you a lot of money? Well, that would, my first reaction is, um, I think because I, yes, I think because of the money, I would probably overlook it, but we're talking Otani and Otani is Japanese and the Japanese culture is way more formal, way more, um, I don't know, proper. I don't know what word I'm looking for. I just think that he does. He's very structured. We all hear and read the reports about him, right? The news stories, how he, his, his daily routine is the same. He keeps it that way. He likes order. He likes structure. So if he himself, Otani, instructed the Cubs to not leak any information, I would be, I would follow his orders if I was the Cubs. That's probably the easier way to answer that. I don't think I could speak on behalf of Otani, but if, if I'm just trying to see, are you saying that it was some kind of ploy to get to see if the Cubs would follow his instructions? Well, I mean, <laughs> Canelo, you were talking about this before we went live, uh, or maybe it was Babyface. Babyface, where'd you go? That can you ask? I wanted to ask Cody. Can can um? I'm back to the voice in the sky, by the way. So all right, okay, <laughs> Roger. Where are you? So <laughs> there, there's a report saying that that he's looking for. He could be looking for a short term deal, right? And that kind of benefit that fits right in with what the Dodgers want, like. How do people know this when 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 Otani is so private, right? He doesn't say anything. Nobody ever – where do people come up with this stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I really think a lot of this stuff is just reporters shooting their shot and hoping something is actually right. Um, anything that involves Otani in terms of rumors, I'm really taking for a grain of salt um, because, honestly, if you asked me, I'm kind of throwing back to the episode that you had with um, – the Angels beat writer. Uh, what was his name? Fletcher. Jeff Fletcher. Yeah. Honestly, call me crazy. I really think there's a very high chance that he goes back to the Angels. 
um, and nobody's throwing you that out there at all. did reject your qualifying offer. That was a no-brainer. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I really think it, it, it – I agree with Fletcher on that case because I still think even to this day, I think it's either between the Dodgers, the Angels, and maybe the Giants. Um, and I think it's – I just keep the Angels' name in that ring is because – he really just runs the show there. They will let him do whatever he wants and they will just say yes because of the amount of money he brings in, the player he is. Um, I, I talked to Jake, my co-host on our uh, podcast episode the other day. I said, you don't hire Ron Washington for two years to, to rebuild and you don't, tr- you don't not trade Otani to not try to sign him. And they've given out crazy deals in the past I can see them doing it again. And it would make sense because why wouldn't you want to keep Otani? But in terms of like what we were talking about pre-show, you know, I think Otani, I agree, I agree with Alicia, you know, these types of guys, the Japanese culture, they want things tight. They wanted things to be respectful. And if Otani says, Hey, I don't want anything getting out. I imagine he takes this type of stuff very seriously. So um, that's probably why you haven't heard anything about the Dodgers. So just putting that out there. And and, um, one, this, what Cody just mentioned brings me back to what I think we spoke about last week, which is the angels let Otani do whatever he wants. The Dodgers are, they have a lot tighter hold on their players. I mean, analytics plays a huge, it's their second manager in that dugout, right? It's the co-manager. So are they going to let Otani pitch and, and bat? Remember, they, the whole yeah. thing was why he didn't come to L.A. in the first place is because they said, no, you can't do both. And the angel said, go ahead. So that makes a strong case for what Cody just said. He will. That's a big uh, reason why he would stay in Anaheim, because they let him do what he wants. And you got to remember, <laughs> like Otani really didn't become Otani until 2021 because he yeah. did not get off to a really good start. You know, I don't think anyone remembers the minor or the spring training he had when he first got to the U.S. You know, they were talking about putting him in the minors. Yeah. And um, he had to get Tommy John surgery pretty much immediately after he signed um, with the Angels. And Mike Francesa then- called him a bust, said it was the biggest bust, him and, and Russo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Otani, you know, there is a lot of red flags. I've spoke about this the entire time that I've ever talked about him because the amount of money he's getting projected is to be a two-way player for what, 10 to 12 years. Do you realistically see that happening? I don't. I really see him being a prime two-way player for maybe another three years. And then the team has to make a decision on what type of player he is. I don't think uh, people understand how pitchers come back after two Tommy John surgeries. Cause we're about to find out what Walker Bueller, what type of pitcher we're going to get. And if you look at the, track record of other guys that have had two Tommy John surgeries. There's only one guy that's actually came back from it. And that's Nathan Avaldi. Everybody else has been pretty mediocre career altering career ending. And then in the case of Otani, I don't think you understand how hard he has to train and work to do both. And he definitely, if anyone can try to do it his entire career, it's him, but I'll believe it when I see it. Way to be positive there, Canelo. All right. I, I, I've been positive this whole episode. <laughs> that was my one moment of dark. 
I, I yeah, mean, look, the the only difference is is when the Dodgers initially were talking to Otani, they didn't have a DH in the National League, so he couldn't. I mean, to, to what the Princesa was saying, you have to do one or the other. You can't do both. Um, but now things are different. Uh, Moose1032 has a question in terms of uh, Burns being a Boris client. I'm going to spin off your question a little bit, Moose. Uh, Princesa, don't they eventually have to find a way to deal with Boris or is it just the Dodgers are never going to deal with Boris? I mean, you have an agent, Princesa. I mean, how would you feel if you hear, Hey, nobody wants to talk to me because of you. I know you work for me, but is this it? The Dodgers are never going to be in on a Boris client. Well, he is a, um, an original that's Scott Boris. He, he he thrives on the animosity towards dealing with him. And he does get his clients top dollar. So I guess it's just the values of if you're going to have him as your agent, Scott Boris, then you know what you, what you value the most, which is he's going to get you top dollar. And he's like a, like a bulldog or a pit bull. Like he protects his clients. I mean, to a fault, right? You know? So, I mean, my agent, my first agent, whom I fired, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, not all agents are created equally. My new agent, she's amazing. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Scott Boris, the reason that we even know his name, I mean, I can't name three other agents in that business, you know? So, mm -hmm. um I can name two more, but not three. So <laughs> I'm just saying that, that he there's a reason he has that reputation. And why why what are the Dodgers gonna do differently? They've been doing the same thing the same way for so long. We've talked about this. Are they gonna now all of a sudden? I guess it just has to be someone they really, really want to have to deal with him because they haven't so far. So I don't know. I don't see them being forced to deal with him. Canelo, are they just never going to deal with him now? I mean, they they are the Dodgers, so I do imagine high-profile players that are part of his clientele would like to hear the big market teams out. Um, I just think from recent track record, they don't want to deal with him. Um, the Dodgers really like to try to get some of their young talent locked up. You're never going to get an extension with Boris. Um Honestly, I've been reading some some hit lists, uh, hit pieces on Ryan Pepio because you know who he hired as his agent? Scott, Scott Boris. <laughs> so um, honestly, in terms of trade talk, I, I would, after whatever they did with him last year to not even pitch him in the postseason, they must have something on him. He must be an asshole behind the scenes. He must be evil. <laughs> I don't know. But he seems like the guy that is possibly going to get traded because I think I, I mentioned the Mar the old Marlins GM from the uh, like 2010 era. Uh, he talked in his podcast about dealing with Scott Boris and how most MLB scouts and teams, they have a list of every single client that is on their roster and their agents right next to them. And then in the binder, they have highlighted in like yellow or red Scott Boris. And then when they get closer to ARB, they try to trade those players because they want to get at least some type of value back before they inevitably lose them in free agency. Because, I mean, Boris, love him or hate him, if you're a player, he's the best agent to get. Best agent. He gets you the dollars, the years, and 
the financial commitment. He'll back you no matter what. He'll create every excuse underneath the sun to make you look like the best type of player. That way you can get the most money. Um, it's just in terms of talking to teams and the fans, he can look like an asshole. And he's just really good at his job. I, I say that to everybody that talks about it. He's the best agent probably in sports. Um, and that's just something that the Dodgers, they're inevitably going to have to deal with. They, but they haven't so far. And so I just don't see the Dodgers as they are currently are constructed, the front office, they don't really stray from what they've been doing, which is why they are in the position they are in. Yeah. Um, but you're right, Cody. He is the best. And he he lives for his clients, bottom line. He, I don't think he really cares. He doesn't have to care about his relationships with the teams. It's his clients that are a priority. Yep. So. And, and speaking from someone whose agent did not put her as a priority, put the station first, that's important. So I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't like Scott Boris as a fan who does. But, I mean, if I was a baseball player and he wanted to sign me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dark Saints coming in again. Uh, this is a name that I've been hearing a lot. So I, I, I need to hear from you, Canelo. Dark Saints, trade for Dylan Cease. He's got two years. I hear a lot of trade for Dylan Cease. Canelo, what's it going to take to get Dylan Cease? And would you? Is he a good fit for the Dodgers? I, I go back and forth. I don't like the idea of trading for Dylan Cease. Um, he is getting very close to um, his elbow giving out for his, in time for his second Tommy John surgery. Um, which is why, and he's already had bad numbers in back-to-back -back seasons um, where his ERA has gotten over four. So um, it doesn't look like something that I would want to get involved with um, unless maybe you're attaching someone. Um, I don't think, uh, what's the, the, the main outfielder? Uh, I know Eloy Jimenez could be like a guy they, they look at, but the other one. Um, uh, Luis Robert. Luis Robert, he's definitely not getting moved. So you might as well just start, stop talking about him. Um, Dylan Cease, I, I just think his elbow's cooked. He's getting ready to, and the numbers show it. I wouldn't go all in on him. But if the Dodgers are really desperate for starting pitching and he's the only option, I can see them maybe trying to make a move, but I, I really don't think he, he fits into their plans. For those of you on the live, if you haven't figured out, we have two secret words on today's episode, and that's Otani and second Tommy John is the other secret word. So make sure you drink anytime we mention Otani and second Tommy John. Uh, Cray D, do you, I, I'm totally butchering this name, so I don't know how it goes. Let me know. Cray D 2K. Anyway, stability. Yes, bring the kids up and let them play. I don't know if they're eventually going to do that because like I said, there's 39 people. I, these people may be trade chips. Um, DJ Jesse said, no burns. Then Simeon, you're said the magic word. Do you think the Dodgers will sign Otani? We've been chiming in on that all day. Uh, it seems like it's anybody's guess because nobody knows as Babyface came in. Nobody knows what, what Otani's really thinking. Um, Nando thinks Burns is overrated, but Adamas would be an upgrade over Lux. Uh, I know Canelo chimed in on that. Um, I don't know. All of a sudden, there seemed to have been a little excitement about Lux. 
and now people seem to be turning on Lux. There, <laughs> there is no more love for Lux. Uh, I'm still excited for Lux to get a shot. I'm still high on him. He's a very high on base guy. He doesn't have as much power as Adamus, but I could see the appeal because Adamus is still graded as one of the better defensive shortstops. Plus he has a lot of pop. You know, he has had back-to-back seasons where he's hit over 35 home runs, which at the position of shortstop and being good defensively, that's a plus. Um, I think Gavin Lux has played a lot of second base. I, I would hate to see them try to move him to the outfield like they did in 2021. Um, I think I, the, I the think, wall thanks you if you don't do I, that. I think the plan, if they do trade for Adamus, um, he's a guy I think you could. Yeah, I believe he has two years left on his contract. I think he has a realistic shot of getting an extension because it would be pretty inexpensive for the value he brings. And I really like Lux staying in that middle infield because he's a high on base guy. He's still, he hasn't graded out highly defensively at shortstop or second, but I still think he's athletic enough. We don't know post-surgery because, you know, he did tear up a lot of stuff in his knee leg area. So we don't know how he's going to bounce back from that. Um, I I'm still high on Lux though. I really hope he gets a shot. Um, and depending on who we send back to say a possible Brewers trade, I, I, I would rather just roll the dice with Lux again and then just say, all right, this is your opportunity to shine. That's the one prospect that has been highly regarded. Probably the best since like probably Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager has been mentioned. Cause you know, Gavin Lux, I believe he won minor league player of the year in 2019. And he comes up, doesn't really get off to the best start. Did out of a postseason home run, but he just really never got his stride. You know, he's always been in a bench role, inconsistent. And it's really hard to get that, stride going when you're not getting a start every day and, that, and that's what he was used to in the minors so doom sal coming in here what top player do the dodgers miss out on i don't know that's that's got me funked because i think there's a lot of guys in the free agent market if you're going to talk free agent market i think they miss out on a lot because i don't think their mo is to go big in free agency i think their big guy is otani and if you asked me from my opinion, where he assigns, I'm not trying to be biased, but I do think he does sign with the Dodgers. I think all signs kind of, from what we've heard, take it with a grain of salt. I think it makes sense for him to, to, to either, I think it makes sense for him to stay in California and he either goes to the Dodgers, the Angels, or the Giants. And I would say the Dodgers have the best shot out of all three of those teams because out of the things we've heard that he wants, he wants a winning team. He wants a team that has longevity in the Dodgers. I get the postseason like lackluster that we've had. They've made the playoffs like 10, 11 straight years. And even with the roster they have now, if the Dodgers didn't do a single move, they would still win like 90 games. (laughs) Like, I feel like Dodger fans, you guys got to realize that they would still win like 90, 95 games, probably win the division, make the playoffs. Playoffs, who knows what happens. Um, I think their big guy is Otani. I think they'll let a a lot of other guys walk. Um, if they miss out on Otani and they don't sign any free agents, you know, that would be a pretty concerning in my mind. Um, especially if he goes to say the rival in, in San Francisco. Um, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider, Philip Lopez wants to, uh, thank you. Uh, Canelo he says you're killing it tonight. Uh, loves all the breakdown. Uh, Roy Estrada coming in, uh, the sports pundits, 
put out a lot of Otani rumors. Secret word. Ah, Otani keeps everything close. Hold. Is this just sports pundits as clickbait and views? This is part of the reason why I hate this time of year. You have, and Canelo mentioned this, you have these reporters who will go on Twitter and say, this is what I'm hearing. Look, John Morosi is a friend of the show, but John Morosi went out there and said, we're hearing Otani to the Braves. And it's like, this is everything, you anything we hear, automatically goes on Twitter and then it becomes a talking point. Uh, it, Princesa, am I wrong there? No, no, you're not wrong. Um, that's you, you said you hate this time of year. Now we have, you know, someone on the chat saying they, they hate this time of year. It's totally legit. It's totally viable, especially when it comes to the unicorn. Oh, Tani, everybody drink. Um <laughs> I like Cody's, I like what he's saying. I mean, in my, you know, I my world with rose-colored glasses, I really want to believe Otani is coming because I don't think just X's and O's, to use a football term. I don't, I think global. I think the Dodgers really know their market. I think they know how much money Otani made the Angels, and we are in Hollywood, and Otani would just be even bigger. The Angels ain't sh- you know that, like, it's really bad for them, but they're not. And just the Dodgers are, and they would know what to do with Otani. And his name, his brand, I mean, I would just, he's such a perfect fit. And I love when we bring international players. I really do. And you know, I brought this up at least two or three lives ago about having more Mexican players. That's been brought up a lot to our podcast. So I, I just want to let, uh, you know, any, anybody that, that they're concerned about that, we haven't forgotten what you asked. Um, I also want to take a really quick say hi to Sandra Fernandez. Hi, Sandra. Uh, to Simeon, EM Junior 28, and DJ Jesse. I think he was asking for uh, a shout out. So hi, y'all. Sam, <laughs> is, I think Sandra is the one I met at the women's conference, too. Oh, hey, so girl. Is she, in, is she in the chat? So what's up, Sandra? Juan, real quick. Yes. So uh, I got a uh, word back from a source. We're talking about Tyler O'Neill, right? Yes. So he, he is, they told me he's always available and pretty much it would take a minor league pitcher to get him. He's kind of fallen out with her front office. So, wow. So well, that, that's a, I'm, a, I'm assuming that's a pretty reliable source from uh, St. Louis that's giving you that information. Yeah. Okay, so I I know we're getting towards the end of the live here, guys, so I'm going to start speeding through some of these. I want to make sure we get all your comments in. Daniel, uh, don't no need to apologize. We're just thankful that you have joined us. Um, Nando thinks that um, the the love for Yamamoto is probably because he's younger than Otani, which is probably something I think we have to consider. Doom Sound knows a lot about Yamamoto. Yeah. Yes, Princesa? He's 25, I, I think, someone here. Yeah, yeah Kevin. 26 going into the new year. Kevin Yuhas comes in with Yamamoto is 25 years old, throws over 100 miles per hour, and is a strikeout pitcher. Uh, DJ Jesse, we're going to give you your shout-out, and we're also going to say he uh, DJ Jesse would not, uh, wouldn't be surprised if Bush gets traded. Michael Bush. Michael Bush, who took Miguel Vargas to a Vikings game. And... Uh, <laughs> So I, I think maybe both of those guys might be uh, trade chips. 
Uh, Moose 1032, you just don't know what you're going to get from a Yamamoto and reports that Yankees are willing to offer seven years, 200 million is just a huge gamble for a guy that's never faced MLB talent. I agree with you, Moose. If the Yankees want to give Yamamoto seven years, <laughs> I know the Dodgers aren't going to do that. Um, so, uh, okay. Scott Strong here comes in. Giolito or Flaherty with Glasnow or Burns is honestly enough so pass on Yamamoto and save Roki Sasaki. The dude is a set. How do you guys know so much about Japanese pitchers? Are you guys all just watching Japanese baseball? Uh, Canelo, what I mean, Giolito did not look good last year after the trade deadline. No. Um, Flaherty, I'm not sure if Flaherty is able to repeat what he did for the show pods last year. And Glasnow, aka Oppenheimer, that's a big name that I keep hearing. Is Glasnow Oppenheimer gonna be a trade partner with the Dodgers? Because I keep hearing that. In my humble opinion, that's the guy I want the most. Um, if I had to do it right now, I think he's the most realistic trade. Um, a lot of teams are going to be in on it. Um, he's probably the most affordable because he only has a one-year $25 million to him. The Rays, they are desperate to get rid of these guys because they are due a lot of money. Glass now, $25 million for a Rays player. There is no shot that he's play he's playing for them next year. It's already been reported that he is definitely probably going to get traded at some point. Um, I don't think it would take a lot to get get him, honestly. Um, there's also been some things I've seen floating around on Twitter from people that put it in. A guy's name that's been brought up a lot, and I kind of want to get the everyone's comments because I'm kind of lukewarm on it, is Will Smith. He was brought up in trade rumors last year. And the Rays apparently have had interest in Will Smith and the amount of value he has for glass now could get them an outfielder that, you know, we've talked about before in Randy Rosarena. It could work. Um, the Dodgers, I think, could think about it because they do have a lot of catchers in their system. They did add Hunter Fiducia last night to the 40-man roster. Um, and they have Cartaya, who I know he had a down year, but the team is still really high on him because he's super young. But I'm not super open to a Will Smith trade because I feel like that would be kind of shifting the lineup a lot. But if it's going to be a blockbuster trade to bring in Glass now in a Rosarena, I would consider it. Wow, look at Canelo going full Stephen A. Smith on this Ooh. show uh, with the Will Smith trade. Um I mean, we could trade and we got Austin Barnes, right? I mean, we don't. Uh... <laughs> that's a good take there, Canelo. Um, I, I'm sure that's going to light up. So, again, I want to get through some of these comments. Uh, the ghost of Al Davis, once again, uh, the, the Mr. Raider, Philip Lopez, he wants Trevor Bauer on the cheap. He said he's not opposed to coming back to L.A. Who do you think gives Bauer another chance in the MLB? I, I, hey, Mookie vouched for him. So do you guys think, Princesa, do you think Bauer comes back into MLB? Oh, uh, definitely not the Dodgers. Um, and we've heard reports that the wives don't want him back. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I actually, you know, we live in a culture, we live in a country where if you win, you get away with a lot. So I think we would see him back 
in on an MLB team, just not the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree with that too. Also, we may see the return of Trevor Bauer. Uh, Doom Sao, uh, Shoda Imanaga is a number three or a four. Yamamoto and Roki Sasaki are one or two starters. Doom Sao, I, I hope you're going to Korea next year to see the Dodgers and the show pods because you seem to know a lot about baseball over in Asia. So we may need to make you a contributor, or make uh, have you just give us all the information on Asian baseball uh, because you're dropping the knowledge tonight. <laughs> um, oh, Carlos Sanchez, the VP is in the building. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, Carlos Sanchez is the vice president of the Handsome Man community. Carlos, I have to tell you this. When you talk to Clinton Yates, I, I propose this. You tell him that you want to start your own Latino chapter. Uh, we want to start La Comunidad de los Guapos. And I propose you as el presidente de la Comunidad de los Guapos, Carlos. Talk to Clinton Yates of ESPN and see if we can make that happen. Uh, you, you, you deserve to be a presidente, not a VP. Um, he also shouts out uh, Alicia and Canelo because Canelo is killing it. Um, Efren, <laughs> Efren is here. He gets it. It's the secret words. We got to pass the beer. Um, let's see here. Oh, yes. I did want to bring this up. The, the Las Vegas athletics are going to swoop in and get Otani. That's again, Cray. Um, I do just want to mention Princesa. The athletics are, they got approved today. It's official. They're going to Vegas. The Dodgers take over every stadium. Can you imagine what Dodger fan is going to do the first time the Dodgers play in Vegas? Can you give me what your impression is going to be when the Dodger fans take over Oakland? Um, at, at Vegas. I was going to say, I wish I had something to drink for real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know what's going to happen. They're going to roll that flag in the Pantone peeves. They're going to, I mean, I think, again, we should be there. The Bleed Lows podcast should go. We should have a field trip and we should take some of our chat. It's going to be huge. It's going to be big. We already, or I said we, you Raider fans. Um, <laughs> a lot of them are the Dodgers. ghost of Al Davis is going to chop in right now. <laughs> I think there's a lot of Raider fans who are Dodger fans, so it's a natural crossover as well. <laughs> uh, look, guys, I know we're running out of time. I, I, I love that you guys really came in hot today with uh with the questions i i'm gonna try to speed through i know we're running out of time so i'm gonna try my apologies if i can't get to everybody but this just means you guys got to join us for the next carne asada and we will make sure that we get as many people in here um i'm trying to see uh, there is one here uh from scott strong i hear yankee headliner for juan soto is clark schmidt really I think Dodgers could afford to offer a better big league pitcher than for an insane Juan Soto run. I keep hearing Juan Soto again. I just don't think the Dodgers are going to be a match for Juan Soto. And Canelo, Soto's time with the show pause, has that not hurt a little bit of his, 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 his reputation? I wouldn't say it hurt his reputation um, because in his time there, you know, he has arguably been obviously they're probably their best player. Um, 
in arbitration alone, he's estimated to get around 30 to $33 million, which would break Trey Turner's record of like, I believe he got like 27 million with the Dodgers. Um, he's a good player. Um, he walks at a high rate. He's got power. Um, I definitely will never see the Padres trading him here. Um, that's just not going to happen. That's the type of interdivisional trade that won't happen. Smaller trades, yes. Big trades like this, like Juan Soto, no. I still think at the end of the day, I don't think Soto's traded. I, I definitely think they try to retool their roster around him and they try to keep him. Um, how they do it, I don't know. Um, but I definitely think that there was a report that Preller probably in, uh, wants to keep him until the trade deadline, which I think is 100% going to happen. Um, Cause I still think you can get a decent haul back at the trade deadline for him. You just won't get as much now. Um, but I really think they want to try to sign him after when he hits free agency, because it's Juan Soto. Um, I don't think he has a fit on the Dodgers um, because I feel like he profiles more as a long-term DH because I don't know if you've ever seen him play defense. It's not pretty. Um, so, and the Dodgers have pretty good defensive outfielders right now, even with Mookie Betts playing at second, James Altman made huge strides in center field. Um, and then Chris Taylor and left field, if he's still on the Dodgers next year, um, he's pretty good out there too. So look guys, the chat has been on fire all night. We're not going to get to the rest of these questions, but we still have a whole off season to, to talk. Um, so at this point, go, go ahead, Princesa. <laughs> I'm reading off on these chats and uh, Mr. Seabat, Scott Boris equals my ex-mother-in-law. <laughs> I, I, I you guys have been on fire uh, on this chat. I, my, my apologies that we haven't been able to get to all of the, these, uh, uh, all these questions. It's been great. Um, this is why we, we love, you guys are the best fans. I, I mean, we appreciate that you guys listen uh, to our show, you guys come in, you, you bring it hot, and more importantly, you guys get the show. You, you get what this is about. So, um, look, make sure you guys join us. <laughs> I, I it's still coming in here. Uh, the, the make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, we are going to try to continue to do these lives for the rest of the off season. I do know that next week is Thanksgiving. So I just want to end this episode real quick. Uh, what are you guys most thankful for? Uh, maybe you guys put it in there this past Dodger season or this upcoming season. I myself would be very, you know, I, I as much as I bitch and moan, I am the Prince of Darkness that they don't win and all that stuff. I guess I have to be thankful that they win. It could it could be worse. I could be a fan of the Colorado Rockies. We 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 know we know a Rockies fan, and that poor guy. I think he spends more time just complaining about the Rockies and never seeing, uh, uh, you know, never seeing their team win. So, um, Princesa, do you have anything to be thankful for? I would just ditto that. I'm I'm grateful I was born a Dodger fan, and I'm grateful that uh, it's generational, and I'm grateful that I was born here in California as well. Canelo? <laughs> you know, 
we've had our fair share of playoff disappointments, but I'm thankful that this team is just in it year after year. Um, pretty much my entire time watching Dodgers baseball since I was in middle school, they've made the playoffs every single year. Um, and not many other fan bases can say that. Um, and just the type of consistency that they've been on. Um, I'll always say it. The best team doesn't always win the World Series. And that's just every sport that you could name. Not every team is destined to win that year. Um, but the Dodgers, you know, at least even on the years like we mentioned last year at the beginning of the season, their retooling year and they win 100 wins. If they get Otani and get these other guys, um, they'll definitely have a really good shot. So I'm just thankful for the community in, of Dodgers faithful. So um, especially here on this channel, the Blue Bows podcast, Dodgers beat. Definitely continue to watch us all offseason. Definitely continue to read my articles because I'm trying to post one at least every weekday. Not on, big on rumors, but definitely anything Dodgers related I'll have. Um, and follow me on Twitter at SnakelyCody6. I'm always tweeting about the Dodgers. And uh, middle school. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, baby. I'm not that <laughs> old. Baby face, come in here. Uh, come in here. Give me what you're grateful, what you're thankful for. Um, like you guys said, you know, we're Dodger fans, right? You know, not always great, but they always put a winning product, right? Thankful for this community, right? We have, I think we have, like Juan said, we have a great community out here of Dodger fans who, who, you know, keep us entertained here with with these chats. So thankful for that and, and look forward to continuing to do that for you guys. I just wanted to get that out of the way because I don't know if we're going to have a live next week because of, of the Thanksgiving, but we're going to continue to have the lives as long as you guys want them. So come in and bring that same energy that you guys brought tonight. Bring all your P I mean, hopefully we can get to all these comments again. Canelo killed it tonight. Uh, I am thankful that, uh, that La Princesa is okay and that she'll have a recovery of her pompies and that her pompies will, will heal in time for future hikes out there. So uh, again, guys, spread the word. And for those of you who took the survey, I, I want to thank you. We put out a survey about the Bleed Lows podcast. I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and, and doing that. You all see those who said, Juan Ramirez, de parte de mis colegas, Cody Snavely, El Canelo, La Princesa de Picolandia, Alicia Del Valle, and Babyface, Roger Arrieta. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.